worship him. Worship the king. All glorious above. Lift up your voices and worship him. The spirit of the Lord is here. Let us exalt his name. Begin to round up. All our praise and worship are in Jesus' name. Our Father, we thank you for this morning. Trusting that you are going to help us. Because the Spirit of God is our helper. Let your glory fill this house. And let your presence fill our lives. That every vessel of ours will be unto you a sacrifice of praise. Let the testy souls be filled to overflowing. Let the sick be healed. Let burdens be lifted up this day. That yokes also may be broken. Let there be restorations in various ways. That Jesus may be glorified. Amen. You may be seated. This morning... By the grace of God, we are going to be discussing the topic, the promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Our text is going to come from Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. Verses 1 to 4. Acts of the Apostles. Chapter 2. Verses 1 to 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there, were, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And they sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Before we discuss this um, scripture... I want to remind us of the topic 
the promise of the Holy Spirit. In the book, Angels on Assignment, by Charles and Frances Hunter, as was told by uh, Roland Bock of Boise, Idaho. The man Roland had over 16 visitations of the angels of God. I will encourage you to buy that book and read. In one of the visits by Gabriel, he showed him what he called the seven priorities of God. Those same priorities of God corresponds or corresponded with the seven feasts that God gave to Israel to celebrate every year as written in Leviticus chapter 23. The first priority of God according to that message, was the blood of Jesus. And it corresponds with the first feast of the Jews, which was the feast of Passover. No, the most important thing about Passover was the blood that they used to pen the lintels and their doorposts. I'm not going into details. The second priority of God was not only, the first was that the blood of Jesus was going to be shed for you and for me so that our sins might be remitted. The second priority was fellowship and communion. It was in the eternal plan of God to restore us back to fellowship and to communion. And that corresponds to the second feast, which was the feast of the unleavened bread. Bread that where there was not even any, any leaven or any yeast. So it showed the purity, it showed the, the cleanliness, it showed the sinlessness of Christ. It is through his perfection that fellowship has been restored. And the third priority there is um, the resurrection of Jesus. Or Jesus is alive. These feasts are in order. It corresponds to the third feast, which is the feast of first fruits, first fruits harvest, or first fruits. Because in resurrection, Jesus became the first fruits of those that sleep. 1 Corinthians 15.20 agrees with that. 
The fourth feast is actually what we are going to be looking at today. Because the priority of God there is the promise of the Holy Spirit. In that God had planned before the foundations of the earth that a day was going to come precisely 50 days from the time they started the first feast of, um, of um, Passover when the Holy Spirit was going to come to this earth in order to empower the sons of men. Well, let me run through the other feasts and the priorities there. The fourth priority of the fifth now is the feast of the trumpets. The feast of the trumpets is actually what is expected to happen to the church after the Holy Ghost had come. And to the feast of the trumpet represents go and tell them, go ye. It's actually the great commission. And then the sixth one, which is the everlasting atonement of Jesus Christ. That is the sixth feast there. Although that one was a solemn assembly when they offered the sacrifices for the covering of their sins for a period of one year. It also showed the, that the salvation that Jesus brought to us was going to be eternal. There was not going to be a continued sacrifice. It was sacrifice once and for all. And you will find the corresponding scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation, a brand new person inside. All things have passed away. All things have become new. If you read 21, you understand the relationship between six, uh, between that six and this creature. In 21, it says, He that knew no sin was made to become sin or sin offering for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Let me not go into why sin and sin offering are all correct. Because in the, in the Feast of Atonement, two animals were presented. One was a sin offering, the one that shedded the blood. One was sin, the one upon which the sins of the people were confessed and sent away. The Azazel, we call it scapegoat. But in the scripture, it sounded like a demonic name. It doesn't really, it's not difficult to understand because when Jesus became sin, he actually took the nature that we heard. And so, that's about the atonement. The seventh one is the feast of the boots or the feast of the tabernacles. That is actually a time 
when Jesus was going to return. Because in the return of our Lord Jesus, all the church would be gathered to him. And we would dwell with him forever and ever. You can find this in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 5, 6, 9, uh, 15, uh, 23, 33. You'll find this feast there. Having said that, let me get back to the feast of Pentecost. Pentecost was not it was not a happenstance. It was planned before the foundation of the earth that on that day the Spirit of God will be sent upon the earth. Number one, to form the church. Number two, to empower the church. If you Go to the book of Joel, chapter 2. If you like, call him Joel. Chapter 2, verse 28. You will discover that not only from the mouth of Moses did God tell us about the coming of the Holy Spirit, but also the prophets of old prophesied that the Holy Spirit was going to come. In Joel chapter 2 verse 28, it tells us that in the last days it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That was the promise there. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my maid servants and upon my men servants will I pour the spirit in those days. So the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was a plan perfected by the Father before the foundations of the earth were laid. That the church on earth will not be left helpless as orphans, but we have all the empowerment that heaven has at its disposal. And so that's the second one. Many other places in the Old Testament, if you note that there was a speaking in tongues somewhere in the fulfillment of that promise, it will be necessary for me to refer you to, to Isaiah chapter 28 verse 11, which the apostle Paul also quoted in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, maybe from 23 following. It says that with men, people of unknown tongues and stammering tongues, 
will I speak to these people? Say, yet they will not understand. Say, this is the refreshing. And this is the rest with which I will cause the weary to be refreshed. Talking about a component of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that had its own special benefits. And that is uh, the component of speaking in unknown tongues. We are going to still come back to that. When our Lord Jesus Christ walked the earth, you will also notice that he began early to let the disciples know that the Holy Spirit was coming. He was obviously reiterating the promises that were already made in the Old Covenant. In the Gospel according to St. John chapter 14, 26, he told them that when the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, will come, he said, the Spirit that will be sent to you from my Father, he will lead you into all truth. Also in chapter 15, verse 26, he continued to talk about the Comforter that was going to come. Who was going to testify of him and the disciples were also going to testify of him. Then in chapter 16 from verse 7 following he spoke so much about this spirit that was going to come. He will, he will condemn the world of sin he will judge them of righteousness and also of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they did not believe in him for those that won't believe. Of righteousness because Jesus had returned to the Father. Sending the Holy Spirit, he produced many righteous men on earth. So, it won't be in doubt to anybody who is not simply trying to be heady to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Seeing what happened to the disciples by the power of the Holy Ghost. Of course, of judgment because the prince of this world had already been judged and cast down. Then he began to say you, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you into all truth. He will not speak for himself. Whatever he receive from heaven, he will just share it with you, give it unto you. He says, he gets from me and gives to you. All that my father has, they belong to me. That's why I say, he will get from me and give to you. And in 12, 14, he says, And all, all the works that I did, all those that believe in me, they will do the same work. And greater works than those will they do. Because I go unto 
my father and whatever you will ask in my name I will do it what was he trying to let us know that we need or that we need the Holy Spirit so much that if we ever expect to duplicate all the works of Christ on earth we must also need the Holy Spirit who enabled him. I want to remind you that even though Jesus was God, is God, that he never started his ministry on earth until he also received the promise of the Holy Spirit. His own was on another form in Isaiah 42, Isaiah 11, you also discover that the Bible promised that the seed root of Jesse will come to the earth and that the Holy Spirit will also come upon him. In 42 of Isaiah, we also read that the spirit of righteousness, the spirit of righteous judgment, the spirit of might, the spirit of power will also come upon our Lord Jesus. And so he waited until after his baptism at the river Jordan. As it is written in the book of Luke chapter 3, verse 22. When he stepped out of the water, he knelt down and prayed. While he was praying, the heavens were opened unto him. And the Spirit of God, in a bodily form as a dove, descended upon him with a voice out of heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, and with him I am well pleased. And the Bible said, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit as he returned from Jordan. In verse 4, verse 1, And being led by the Spirit, he went into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights with all the temptations. But at the end of the 40th day, the devil came with three major temptations. We know them all. I'm not going to go into details. The only point I want to bring out from there was that even Jesus was enabled by the Holy Spirit who had come upon him to overcome all the wiles of the devil. Because the Bible says when the Spirit comes, he will bring all truth into remembrance to us. He will remind us of every truth. And so when the devil came with various temptations, if you are the Son of God, Turn this stone to become bread, he would, by the help of the Holy Spirit, just bring out the corresponding needed fitting scripture. It is written. Brethren, in verse 14, I mean of Luke chapter 4, when Jesus had completely defeated the devil by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he returned back to his place. How? 
full with the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that in verse 18, I want you to still listen. In verse 18 of that Luke chapter 4, on a Sabbath day in the synagogue, they gave Jesus the parchment, the word of God, to read. The Bible said he searched. He didn't just turn the Bible anyhow. He deliberately searched the scripture until he got to Isaiah chapter 61 and he began to read. He read, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to bring or preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, open the blind eyes, and bound the broken hearts, and to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave back to the attendant and said unto them, This day, this word has been fulfilled in your ears or hearing. What do you understand? That Jesus actually attributed every healing, every deliverance, every soul, every miracle he was going to do on earth to the power and the activities of the Holy Spirit. And the apostles were aware of that. Little wonder why. In Acts of the Apostles chapter 10 verse 38. In the house of Cornelius. In Caesarea Philippi. When the apostle Peter was preaching there. He said unto the household of Cornelius. Says even Jesus that came out of Nazareth. How that God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. How that he went about doing good. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Not because he was the son of God. But because God was with him. I'm not trying to diminish his sonship. I want to just let you know that when Jesus came to the earth... He wanted to show us example of how to live. How that without him, I mean the spirit of God, we can do nothing. He just showed us. So when he came to the earth, he also had, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, even though he was his son, he didn't actually take being God. Something to hold strongly. He found himself in the form of a man. He gave up all his glory. He gave up all his riches. He gave up all his power. Only to depend on the power of the Holy Ghost alone. As an example to all of us who were to follow. Praise God. Now let me hurry. After Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, 
In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, when he had gathered all these disciples, he began to tell them about the Holy Spirit. It was Jesus' promise now, even though he was reiterating the promise of God. He said unto them, Wait in Jerusalem, don't go anywhere. Don't pretend to begin to preach. Remain here in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. He was speaking about the Holy Ghost. Remember that earlier he had cried someday from John chapter 7, 37 to 39. He, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus lifted up his voice and cried. When Jesus talked about the Holy Ghost, he spoke with so much passion. Because he knew that we are not going to get anywhere unless we understand that we need him and yield ourselves to receiving him and also yield ourselves when he wants to use us. He cried out and said, If anyone is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. As the scripture says, He that believeth on me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. In 38 he says, This spake he concerning the Spirit, which they that believe on him will receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Had Jesus been glorified? Yes, because in some this sorry acts of the apostle to 33 peter said to his listeners on the day of pentecost he said unto them he says that god having glorified jesus at the right hand side actually the word usable is exalted say he had received this gift of the holy spirit which you now hear and see. And in 38 he says, Repent therefore, every one of you, 37, and be baptized in the name of Jesus, and you shall receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. But because this gift is given to you, to your children, to your children, children, to those that are afar off, as many as the Lord your God, we bring to himself. You and I actually are those that we are afar off speaking from the context of Judaism. Are you following me? The Holy Spirit belongs to the church today. This is a promise that has finally been fulfilled. If you are still waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, I will almost want to greet you with the Jews that still go back to the wailing wall, the western wall, crying from day to day, waiting for Jesus to come the first time. This is Jesus that had come, and their people killed him. He was raised, raised again on the third day, 
Return back in glory to the Father. This Jesus, they are still praying that he will come. Sometimes the church does that. All the promises of God in Christ have been fulfilled. They are yes in him. And they are amen in him by us. To the glory of God the Father. The Holy Spirit is given. The Holy Spirit matters. If it never mattered, God wouldn't bother too much about talking about him. Jesus wouldn't be emphasizing your need of the Spirit. My dear, don't wait on the, until the rainy day to make preparations. If the Holy Ghost was not going to be needed, God would not have sent him. But because you need him, you need Pentecost. Just as the blood of Jesus was needed for your salvation or washing away your sin. Just as communication and communion has been restored. If we must blow the trumpet of world evangelization over the great commission, we must first of all come to the Lord's Pentecost. Some of us, we are bold at the beginning. Some of us wouldn't even speak to one person without some kind of uh, disorientation. And when we began to preach, before I was filled with the Holy Ghost, you will almost notice that most of our arguments, we try to preach, you reason out messages. It was like, if I will say it in Igbo, it igwe, you know what that means. Is there anybody that doesn't know what it means to eat igwe, Normally before, the iron has to get white hot, some say red hot, before it becomes malleable. Okay? But when you serve God, without the power of the Holy Ghost, you are expending too much energy and achieving little or nothing. And so, that was how we began to preach. Until a certain day in 1981, I attended a meeting at Suleja where they shared the need for the Holy Spirit in a Christian's life. I said it's an experience sequel to your salvation. After you are born again, you need the power of God in your life. When they said those that needed this baptism, the Holy Ghost to come out, I literally ran out, knelt down. Most of the people around me were standing up, but I, I just knelt down. I don't know how, why I knelt down. And immediately, it was like a cloak was placed over me. And I began to speak in a language I did not learn. And that fluently. That was the beginning of many things that has happened in my life and later in my home. Because my father was a native doctor, some of you know already, and that we served, we served 
too many idols. When I began to, the other day I was preaching in my house, there was somebody that died, and I was preaching, I called Akwali on the right, I called Omaliko on the, on the left, I called Okuogugu on the inside of the Okundi here. I called Ekuomomo, I called Okuagu, and the place where we were baptized, you know we were baptized, Okuagu my father, that was where we were baptized. My Igbo name is Igweza. I was given that name at Okwagu. Because that was how we were raised. Then, my father had a consulting room. It's not only consultants that have consulting My father had one. He was also a consultant, by the way. In those things, you know. That place was called Ofe. When you come in, there was another one. Arodinago. And you go behind, you see the Okite. In those days, when we'll be going out, we'll go to Okita, got some water, sprinkle on ourselves, you go. But Okita smells. Because every animal I know is there, tortoise, this, that, and they are all rotten. But you will gladly carry the water and sprinkle on yourself for protection. Until I met Jesus, praise the Lord. Until I met Jesus. And now this Jesus filled me with the Holy Ghost. And the man that should be a native daughter somewhere in Abatete is now a preacher all over the place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to let us know this morning is that I needed him actually so much that I, I didn't waste time. In fact, I knelt down, I started speaking in tongues. Nobody prayed for me. Because I knew that there were battles to fight and victories to be won. And God has helped my father's house. It's not only that I got everybody in my own immediate family born again, people started getting born again from my maternal relatives as because I turned into an intercessor as soon as the Holy Ghost took over my life. The Holy Ghost is an intercessor. And so when he comes upon you, you become an intercessor. Amen. So there are many things to say. But I want to round up so that we begin to pray. I want you to know that the Holy Ghost is called Paracletos. It means so much. It's about seven-worded word in English. In English it means counselor. It means a comforter. It means helper. It means advocate. It means standby. It means intercessor. It means strengthener in one Holy Ghost. If you don't need him, you need his strength. You need his comfort. You need his counsel sometimes. You need his intercession. You need his strengthening. You need him to stand by you. We all need him. Jesus needed him. If Jesus needed him, the apostles needed him. You need him. Don't be deceived. When they gathered together, getting back to our scripture now, they gathered together in the upper room, waiting for the promise of the Father. Remember, because Jesus was not yet glorified. 
they were all there afraid of the Jews. And all of a sudden, according to verse 1, suddenly, there was this noise that started off somewhere up there. It was like the noise of a very heavy wind, strong wind. And it filled the room where they were hiding. And they saw cloven tongues as of fire shared unto them this past landing upon each and every one of them and suddenly they were all filled with the Holy Spirit how many of them were filled how many were there how many were there 120 persons including Mary the mother of Jesus the day I gathered a number of Catholics told them about Jesus, told them about the fact that Mary was in the upper room. That day, they all wanted to speak in tongues. Praise the Lord. Because once you get a Catholic to know that Mary did this, then you have won that Catholic. Praise God. And so, they began to speak in tongues because the Holy Ghost gave them utterance. Utterance is not a strange word. When you begin to speak in tongues, when the Spirit comes upon you, you notice that there is a continued enablement. The more you speak, the better it becomes. The longer you speak, the better it becomes. In fact, it appears as if you don't even want to stop again. That ability to continue, that flow is an utterance by the Holy Spirit. Every one of us here is able to receive the Spirit, speak in tongues, because you are a child of God. Unless you are not a child of God, there is a hope for you too. You can receive Jesus today, filled with the Holy Ghost today, speak in tongues today. I have experienced that before. I mean, that somebody, he said, Maybe I'll come back later to receive the Holy Spirit. And say, no, the only qualification, you have got it. You are now born again. I lay hands. She began to speak in tongues. Has happened many times. I've seen little children who got born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. From ages three, less, above. Administered in uh, Methodist uh, Church Conference, where practically every child that came out was filled, speaking in tongues. Some of them weeping, not because anybody beat them, but because the reality of the presence of God has suddenly come upon little children. I was once invited at Zembat. Zembat is full of quite older people at their men's uh, weekend. It was aged people, gray hairs all over. I talked to them about the Holy Ghost baptism. After I said, can you ask all the questions you want to ask? And they all came out. Every of them was filled speaking in unknown tongues. Brethren, this is good. 
Let me share quickly and we'll pray. Speaking in tongues, is it, is it uh, saying nonsense? Is, is speaking in tongues speaking nonsense? The answer is no. I wouldn't even go, but I could refer you back to Acts chapter 2. If you read verses 11 following, I mean the scripture we read today, you notice that when the disciples were speaking in tongues, the Jewish people that knew them thought they were drunk. They thought they were speaking nonsense. But there were other many people that knew they were not speaking nonsense. Do you know who they were? People that came from Arabia, people that came from Egypt, people that came from all over the world. Even though the disciples didn't even know what they were saying. But somebody was there saying, what is happening here? And Arabia said, how is it that they are speaking in my native Arabian language? The other person says, I hear them speak Egyptian language. The other person said, so they were speaking real languages given by the Holy Spirit, even though it was not their very tongue. Are you following me? It happened all over. I was a chapter president at um, Okunano Chapter Full Gospel Business Member. We had a program one day. We invited one at Talbot. He's in England now. And after preaching, he said, let everybody start praying or worshipping in tongues. While we were praying, a brother, Mr. Ibo Brando, he was a soldier and he taught French language. He stopped praying alongside and waited and watched the man of God until everything was over. He called me and said, Brother Simon, can we find out from this man of God whether he spoke French? The man of God said, apart from Ovoa, Neomwari Heyaman are French. The man of the brother Ibe, he died just last month or two in England. Brother Ibe planned to say that that man was speaking the clearest French grammar he had ever known. He taught French in secondary school. So do you see that what some people think we are speaking nonsense is not nonsense. The truth that the Holy Ghost gives you a language you don't know so that you can get into the depth of worship and maybe the depth of intercession that your mind cannot conceive. Because if your mind knows everything, you don't need the Holy Ghost. But because he doesn't know everything, you don't even know what is happening to your child outside the country. You don't know what is happening in your home, why we are here. You don't know everything. But when you speak in an unknown tongues, the Holy Ghost helps you to make intercession with a groaning that cannot be uttered in articulate language. Are you following me? So the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues is not speaking nonsense. It's not gibberish. You are, you are enabled by the supernatural to handle things in the natural. Even things that you would not be able to have otherwise. The Bible says, he that speaks in an unknown tongues, you edify yourself. You build up yourself like you build a house. You build your spiritual self into a spiritual edifice. He that speaks in tongues 
The Bible says, even though nobody understands you, in your spirit you are speaking mysteries to God. My dear, please, when we call for those that want the baptism, if you are not baptized, come out. If you don't speak in tongues, come out. Don't tell me, must everybody speak in tongues? Yeah, the Bible says, this sign shall follow every believer. In my name, they shall cast out the evil. What is the second one? They shall speak with tongues. Are you a believer? If you are a believer, you should speak. After when they got baptized in, in, in Acts 2-4, they began to speak. Nobody taught them. They just knew. It just came upon them. In Acts 10-30, in Acts 10, 10, 37, sorry, 44, the Bible said they, when they, they had them speak in tongues, in 196, they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Paul said, I thank my God, I speak in other tongues more than all of you. Who wonders why he was able to be used so much? He was intelligent, but intellect is not enough. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. Who is qualified? Every believer. Can an unbeliever be filled? No, unless he repents. Can it happen simultaneously? Yes, it can. It happened at Pentecost. Is the Holy Ghost still coming from heaven? No. He's already given. He's here with us. How do I know that my tongues is not from the devil? The answer is, you are evil as parents comparing to God. But do you give your children stone when they ask you for bread? If they ask you for fish, do you give them serpent? Or for an egg, do you give them scorpion? If you being evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? There is nothing to be afraid of. In the presence of God, there is nothing to fear. Perfect love casts away fear. For fear in itself has torment. Can we stand on our feet right now? I want to ask you if you have not given your heart to Jesus and you want to do it now please can you kindly lay your right hand on your chest you are in this church this morning the Messiah has brought you in and you have not made peace with God but you want to make peace with God this morning through what Jesus had done. If you anywhere in the church you would like to give your life to Jesus, lay your right hand on your chest and I'll pray with you. And the prayer starts now. Can you stop me? Lord Jesus, I have heard your voice has spoken to me of your righteousness and of your love for me this morning i come to you i confess my sins my shortcomings i can't save myself but i believe with all my heart you died for me you shed your blood for me 
you went to hell for me you paid the price for me you were raised again from the dead for me come into my life as I confess you as my savior and my lord take over my life this morning as others are receiving the Holy Spirit I want to also receive this morning thank you because I know that you have heard me in Jesus name please if you are sick in any part of your body please I want to pray because there is healing in this family Brethren, the Bible said that Jesus has already carried your diseases. Brethren, Jesus said he has already borne your sicknesses. Brethren, the Bible said by the stripes of Jesus, you will already healed. Brethren, in Matthew 8, the Bible said that the scripture that be fulfilled that said, Himself bore our infirmities and carried our diseases. The brethren, the Bible says in 107 20 of Psalm, He sent His word and the word has already healed you. The word delivers you from destruction. Brethren, the word of God says the healing is the food for the children. is the bread for children. Brethren, what God, with God all things are possible. There is no sickness, there is no disease. There is no infirmity that can stand in the presence of God. Brethren, you don't need any extraordinary faith. The faith of Jesus is already in you. I want you to take your healing. If you can lay hand on any part of your body, lay hand. So that I will say now, in the name of Jesus Christ, every issue with your eyes, let that issue cease now. I am asking healing to come upon every eye that is weak every eye that is sick every eye that is going blind every eye that has glaucoma every eye that has cataract and doesn't want, want it to go every eye with retinal detachment or anything close to that even floaters in the eye the generation of the vitreous human. I command everything that has to do with the eye to be healed now. I said be healed now. Be healed now. Be healed now. Be healed now. I command Every ear that is partially blocked, I command you to be open now. I say, be open now. Be open now. Be open now. Let there be clarity of hearing again. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That crawling sensation happening in the head, crawling sensation. I command you, spirit of infirmity, to disappear now. Every onset of Alzheimer, I command you to go. I command healing of every of our brain cells now. In the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus, forgetfulness, dementia, I command a reversal, a renewal of the neurons, of the nerves, of the endings, of the sheep. In the name of Jesus, I speak to every heart here, every cardiovascular issue, atherosclerosis, blockade of anywhere, any stroke, anything that is connected to the cardiovascular. Let there be healing now. 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 Let the blood flow to the extremities be completely renewed, restored. In the name of Jesus, I speak to the endocrine system. Resortum Brigade. I command bitter cells, islet of anger, whatever you are, that work for production of insulin and sugar consumption. Begin to do your work well. Be restored. Healing come. Healing come. Healing come. Healing be manifested. In the name of Jesus. Every organ of the body, the kidneys, the cervix, the breasts, every part of the glands, I command healing. Can you lay hand on your body? I command healing to flow. I command healing to flow. Every, every skeletal muscle, skeletal issue, every arthritis, every rheumatic issue, whatever you are, the generation of any name, I command healing to come now. Be healed! 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 In the name of Jesus, every trace of malignancy cancer cell anywhere, we shut you down. We cut off your supply. We command you to die. Say, die! Let the power flow. Let the grace flow. Let the anointing flow. For every family problems, every demon has crept into your home. Causing trouble and confusion between husband and wife, between children and their parents. I command you, demon, let your power be broken. Let your hand be destroyed. Let your seed be uprooted. In the mighty name of Jesus. We shall live and not die. We shall live and not die. We shall live. We shall not die. We shall not be victims of unknown God men. Neither victims of kidnappers or that of evil straight bullets. No evil shall come near our dwelling. Though a thousand fall by our side and ten thousand are dying around us, it will not come near us. With our eyes only we shall behold how the wicked shall be recompensed. In the name of Jesus. 
Lift your hands and worship him now. Thank you, Father. You have done all things well. To you be all the glory and honor. As you perfect what has happened here, even as people return home, let them return back to the church with testimonies. Father, even those that didn't know anything has happened, prove to them that everything has happened. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.